0: Advocate. Thank you for praying that, Steve. Advocate. A person who publicly supports or recommends a particular cause. Or policy. Two. A person who puts a case on someone else's behalf. You put forward a case on someone else's behalf. So if you look in the thesaurus, what does it mean to be an advocate? Well, first and foremost, it means to be... Champion, you might find words like champion, upholder, supporter, backer, promoter, proponent, exponent, protector, patron, spokesman for, spokeswoman for, spokesperson for, speaker for, campaigner for, fighter for, battler for, crusader for, missionary, reformer, pioneer, pleader, protagonist, apostle apologist. You name the word, this is what an advocate does. This is what the church is. And it didn't start just with the church, it's been throughout all of history and throughout all of time, and we find it in the Old Testament, in Exodus chapter 7, very clearly And as we have been going through chapters and passages in Exodus, um, we realize something that, that as we come to seven, Pharaoh's heart has been hardened. Has anybody noticed what's happening with Putin's heart? It continues to get harder and harder and harder. Do you think that's really Putin? Or do you think that maybe the Lord is hardening his heart. Why? Because the day of deliverance is coming. We have something profound in the text with Aaron and Moses when we get to this passage. And I think it's interesting because when we start to realize that God is in control, we start to recognize that the person of Jesus Christ becomes all the more relevant to everything we do and everything we are. The other day when people were coming through and church after church were coming through, guess what? I realized that the body is not just a group of people sitting on Sundays here. It's the active body of Christ of every denomination serving, moving, shifting. Why? For the sake of God's glory that we might in this day make a change. That we might see the glory of God. I, um, over the last... Ten days have done a little soul searching. Um, I already shared with you that I woke up with tears in my eyes today. Uh, I'm sure at various times all of us have taken stock of our own souls and what's going on. But God kept reminding me of this verse, pertinent to our lives in the midst of it. And it, and it was this, no man goes to the mirror and looks in the mirror and then walks away from the mirror and forget, forgets what he looks like. See, the goal is, as we stand in the reflection, looking at ourselves, we ask ourselves, who am I in Christ? Who am I? What do you have for me, God? This is the soul searching I'm talking about. Why? Because this is the type of soul searching that changes lives and puts us in a position that actually moves us into that place where we see deliverance. Not only of us, but also the people around us. Why? Because in the process of us challenging ourselves, remembering who we are in Christ, we become God's hands and feet to, to a people group, to a nation, to a situation, to the political entities of the day. There is nowhere where God will not use us to see change. Do you agree with that? I believe that the church now is in the same position, it's time to, it's almost an aspect of war footing. And I believe that the Lord has been speaking to us, and and as as I think about this, I think specifically in Exodus 15, where Miriam starts to celebrate over the destruction of the Egyptian army in the Red Sea, and, and it's, it's Miriam, Moses' sister, who we talk about in Exodus 7, singing out to the Lord. And what does she say? The Lord is a warrior. Yahweh is His name. He is the warrior. There's a band named Caveman's Call. It comes from uh, the name of, of a saint um, and if you're familiar with Whitby Abbey, um, it, it's very interesting. They sing a song, uh, and because you love when I sing, Ellie, I thought I might sing another verse. Anybody up for singing? I won't go as far this time this week. Um, but I always love this song, and when I would drive through the mountains of North Carolina, I would sing it. And I think songs that, that inspire men to some extent, and obviously ladies. But I love this song because somehow, since the time I was a little boy, I always played with what? What do boys play with in the mo- when they're little? Fire? Guns. Everything turns into a little everything. Or a sword. Why? Because we're trained to be what? Warriors. And the beautiful thing about that is the Lord is the warrior. And why is that? Because we were made in His image and He put into us a bit of Himself. And I love this song because I used to sing it around when I'm driving through the roads and the roads would be weavy and I would sing, The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is mighty in battle. The Lord is a warrior. Lord of hosts is he. Nobody said a word. Okay, that's fine. (laughs) The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is mighty in battle. The Lord is a warrior. Lord of hosts is he. What is he doing? He's inviting us in. He's the Lord of hosts, but he's also calling us warriors. The song goes on to say, the Lord is a fortress. He's a sun and a shield. The Lord is a deliverer of those who put their trust in him. He gives strength to his people. He guards his own by his own right hand with full power. And Jesus Christ sits at the right hand of God. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers them. Do you realize how many people are being delivered in Ukraine right now? By miracle after miracle after miracle, they are being delivered. And we will hear story after story after story of how the enemy had circled them, and yet what? The Lord encamped in their midst. The Lord of hosts is He. And you know what it comes down to is we have to be attuned to listening to the Lord of hosts. Who is he? And you know it's true because in Exodus chapter 7, I'm just going to throw up the verses. You'll see that the Lord has said to Moses, see I've made you like God to Pharaoh. Do you, you realize that? I've made you like God. I've made you powerful so that the things that I say through you will change the, the situation of Israel. And your brother Aaron will be your prophet. How many of you realize we need prophets in the land who will speak truth? And thank God the word of the Lord is going out through the nations of the world to say, this is wrong, this is evil. And it's interesting because when we hear the voice of the Lord, he says, you are to say everything I command you. Moses doesn't speak on his own behalf. We don't speak on our own behalf. We speak on the Lord's behalf. And your brother, to tell the Pharaoh to let the Israel go out of his country. Out. But I will harden Pharaoh's heart. And though I multiply my signs and wonders in Egypt... He will not listen to you. Then I will lay my hand on Egypt, and with a mighty act of judgment, I will bring out my divisions, my people, the Israelites. Why? Because I'm a warrior. I will bring out my divisions. And the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I stretch out my hand against Egypt and I bring the Israelites out of it. How is the world going to know that the Lord is a warrior? Well, the Lord starts to rally the divisions. And in the context of the church, He starts to rally the church. And I want to say this, that churches that rally to the Lord, that are not afraid to go into this battle, and this battle is going to be complicated and complex, they will see the hand of the Lord they will see the Lord do miracles and signs and wonders like we've never seen before. When we step out into these moments as Christians and, be, and become champions, as was Moses and Eric Little and Dietrich Bonhoeffer and even Elon Musk, I must say, and President Zelensky, We see the power of the Lord and the plethora of other people who are stepping up. We see the warriors, we see the advocates, and they go hand in hand. Why? Because one speaks and one does. And you can't do speaking without doing. The church cannot speak anymore without action, and it cannot just do action without speaking. There is no option other than to be a champion, to be an advocate. But what does the Bible say to us about what it means to be an advocate? And church, if you're here with me today, what I want, I want you to do is I want you to, to bank these in your mind, all of these different scriptures, because the, the Bible has a lot to say about speaking for other people. We are called people to speak for those who are running from the killing fields. We are the response for refugees. We are it. We are the people of God. We are the compassion asset, as I shared with the courier. We are the ones who know people, and I'm going to go more into that. But let me tell you first and, and foremost, what does the advocate do? He speaks for people groups. He speaks for them. Mordecai the Jew was second only to King Azarias. He was the highest ranking Jew. He was admired by his numerous relatives. He worked enthusiastically for the good of his people and was an advocate for the welfare of his descendants. Esther chapter 10 verse three. Whether it was Jews or whether it's Syrians or whether it's Hong Kongers or whether it's Ukrainians or soon to be Taiwanese, We have a model in the Old Testament, not only in Moses, let my people go, but but here in Esther. What's at stake? The good of a people group. What do we do? We advocate for people groups. We speak for them. We stand in the gap for them. We hold up their hands when they can't carry any more weight. We are the advocates. Why? Because we have a great advocate whose name is Jesus Christ. And He advocated on the cross so that you and I can go to heaven and stand before a living God and worship Him forever and have the assurance that no matter what has happened, no matter what you've gone through in life, He has advocated on your behalf so that one day when you stand before God Almighty and you stand before the throne, God will look at the sun and the blood laid down for you and for me and say, you're in. I delivered you. Amen? Amen. Okay, I got excited about that one. I'll keep going. The advocate speaks for. The advocate speaks for families and orphans. You watched a video today and. A father of orphans, an advocate for widows, is God in His holy dwelling place. Psalm 68, 5. This is the heart of God. It's in the New Testament. If you don't take care of widows and orphans, you are likened to a heathen. That's what the Bible teaches. We have a family of believers who are suffering right now. It's not the only family of believers in the world suffering, by the way, but we have a family of believers that are suffering. They are going through atrocities and situations that we can't fully understand, but we cannot sit idly by and watch it happen. And I confess that I'm guilty. I'm guilty of this. Guilty of what's called banality. Not seeing when people have a need. Now, that's not what has happened in this church in the last week. People have seen the need and they've met the need. But it's not the only need. And I want to say, in this video, and listening to Luda, there's a very real possibility that those children who are sitting there watching that video, as they standing there quietly, with reverence and respect, knowing that you would see this video today. They might not see their grandparents. They might not see their dads again. They might not see their brothers. Do you you get why we advocate? And if you're a Christian, you advocate. But how do we do that? Well, there are many ways to do this, and I want to say this, that the true advocate of Christianity is the Holy Spirit, and he's within the Christian. Those of you who have received Christ have received the Holy Spirit, and and I think it's it's pertinent. This is what John says, I will ask the Father who's in heaven, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. Not only has he given you Jesus Christ, but he is about ready to give them the Holy Spirit. John reminds us that we all have, if we are Christians, a spiritual resources that brings the revelation we need to be the advocates we are. The Holy Spirit is here to guide us and to lead us, to give us speech and power to live godly lives for the sake of His glory, that we might love God with all our heart and love our neighbors as we love ourselves. Supernatural. Ability of love beyond our own natures, beyond your own ability. We can love to a level, but he takes us to the next level as we continue to listen for the Holy Spirit. And I want to stop for a brief moment. And I want to ask you this. If you want to be more filled with the Holy Spirit, it's time to raise your hands. And you can just sit there, raise your hand. We're going to ask you, and you you ask him, ask him, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit I want more of the Holy Spirit. I want more leading and I want more guiding. And if you don't understand what's going on, raise your hands anyway and ask the Lord to to fill you afresh. So let's just do that right now. Father, we ask that you would fill us, your church, with your Holy Spirit. God, that you would pour out your spirit upon us, God. You would give us wisdom and revelation and knowledge, Lord. That we would be able to meet the task of the day. You who are the comforter would bring comfort into our souls. That we would walk with a a level of peace that surpasses all understanding. And it guards us because you are the great advocate. And so, Holy Spirit, fall afresh on your people today. And whether they're in this house or whether they're watching online, fill fill them right where they're at. In Jesus' name, amen. The Advocate teaches. He's the great teacher. And he remembers. The Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father has sent in my name, he will teach you everything and will cause you to remember everything everything I have said to you why is the Holy Spirit so important in these moments why is he so important to us well first and foremost because he lives in us and he comes upon us and he helps us by being a paraclete next to us to know what to do next and I want to say this One thing I've learned this week as people brought in item after item after item. And at first it started as a small little few rows in our church sanctuary and began to grow. Strategy is vital. And it comes with learning and growing as a disciple. Thinking. Christianity is a thoughtful religion. And what I mean by that is it's informed I, I I have had to admit, because sometimes I don't believe it myself, and I want to I speak humbly about this, but I do realize, because God has done it in me, that I am a theologian, uh, in migration, and God made me for this moment, and He's empowered me for this moment. I prayed the other day in my house that I would have an Esther anointing. I don't normally pray for a woman's anointing. I pray for a man's anointing. But the reality is, he has given me an Esther anointing. One that speaks into the dire moments and sees God save. That advocates for nations and peoples. Do you have and have you prayed for that moment in which God has said, I want to give you an anointing of an advocate. Pray for that. And you know what the Lord is doing in that? He loves to give good gifts to you. He loves to give it to me. And what intrigues me is that all the learning and hard work that I have put in behind the scenes for years doing this PhD is flooding back into my mind at these moments. And it's because what do disciples do? They learn. And they grow. And they begin to think. Why? Because God will bring everything back to your remembrance. See, He wants to link the things we've learned as a people and as a church to the heart of Jesus. And when we link the two things, what happens is we become unstoppable. It's impossible to stop the church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against us. Can I get an amen and maybe five amens? It will not prevail. And I don't know what God has done in you. I don't know what the Lord has done in you. I do know this, though, that he will work according to his glory in you. And then maybe it's a second language you've learned. Maybe it's a skill you've learned. But guess what? God will bring those things back to you for the sake of His glory. Maybe you're a solicitor. Guess what? You can advocate for people who need your help. Maybe you know people who are in this tragedy right now, but you have connections with them. You can reach out, make a connection. Maybe you have, yeah, I, I just want to say this, I, I met a girl the other day when she was coming through and, and um, I, what I saw is I saw people wanting to serve, wanting to do something. There was a compulsion in them. And this, this young girl who I hope shows up tonight, she, um, she, she came up to me and she was so excited. She had, they had come down from somewhere in Angus and found us. And they said, we wanted to drop off these things. I I take photography, and I I love to document uh, humanitarian crises. I said, come back Sunday. You are in it. Come. Why? Because we all have something to give to make it work for the glory of the Lord. And And I want to say this. The advocate testifies about truth. If God is the advocate and we are his representatives on earth, which we are, we're also his ambassadors on earth, then advocating isn't just advocating for its own sake. For John, the apostle who knew Jesus, who laid down on his breast, who knew him intimately, um, he recognized him as the true advocate. He said this, when the advocate Jesus comes... Or when the Holy Spirit comes, because they're one and the same, whom I will send you from the Father, who goes from the Father, he will testify about me. We advocate as the church on behalf of who? Jesus Christ. who Who is the cornerstone of everything we do. And all of us are built on that cornerstone. And so when we advocate, we advocate for the church, but for Christ's sake. Amen? Jesus is the truth. My friends in Ukraine, as I've had conversations with them, and the one thing they know they need more than anything else is God. You can get weapons. You can get food. You can get everything else. But they need Christ. And they know you God to come on their behalf. My friend Pyrig, um, he's in Lviv as well. He um, I did a camp with him in the Carpathian Mountains. He said he's, he he posted a picture of of Moses in the midst of the battle with the staff up, and Aaron and her on each side. It was a painting, and he said, This is what the world is doing for us right now. We are being held. And and we can't let that staff drop. We have to be the people of God who come next to them and say, I will hold up your hand, even if it costs me something. It's not a trite statement. It's a very real truth. You don't leave your son and your husband in Harkov without assurance that one day you will see them again either in this life or the life to come. And I can't imagine what they're going through. And, and I want to say this. Um, if, if you're taking notes, please, I hope you are taking notes to some of these things. The advocate is not always present. We are not there right now. We are here. And yet we are present by the way that we interact with these people. I want to tell you the truth. It is my advantage that I'm going away. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. It's to your advantage that I go. For if I do not go away, the true advocate, the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, he will come to you. I will send him. Tonight, as we load the church, um, as I shared earlier, the, the small hall will be a place of coffee, teas, and prayer, and intercession. And there'll be churches. Uh, I, I got a phone call from another church that said, hey, can we come over and, um, and just sit in the small hall? We have an elderly congregation and we want to just sit there and pray. We, can we do that? Of course you can. Why? Because we need prayer. Prayer will undergird everything we do so that when we load the vans, we do it correctly so that when we get on uh, get in the vans and drive it to Northern Ireland, we're safe and secure. And everything arrives. Prayer will move it from Ireland into Poland and make sure that the churches there have it in time, perfectly, to minister to those who are coming. And, and I, I just want to say this. This will be the largest refugee crisis since World War II. Do you, do you understand? There will, this will be it. The numbers are staggering already. And it it won't only be the Ukrainians who are moving, it's the Russians who are moving as well, attempting to get out of their own country, living under the yoke of oppression. And, And just like in the days of the Exodus, it wasn't just the Jews who got out, it was the Egyptians who said, That is the Lord. I'm going with them. And so we pray for our Russian friends and our brothers and our sisters. We pray for our Ukrainian brothers and sisters. And we pray for all those in Europe who are seeking the Lord and waiting and already receiving those refugees. And the last thing I want to say about this is, is something important for me personally. The advocate can act Politically. Can I say that again? The advocate can act politically. You live in what we call the polis, the city. It's a theological term, but it's a true term. You live in the nation. You have a voice as an advocate. In Acts chapter 24... Luke writes this about the journey that they're on. And he says this, Five days later, the high priest Ananias came down from Jerusalem to Caesarea with some of the elders for a certain forensic advocate, Tertullus, who was acting as a spokesperson and a counsel. They presented to the governor their evidence against Paul. Can I say something? There is a political entity that was taking shape against Paul. And what happens? Tertullus speaks on his behalf with forensic evidence.